Come with us now, if you dare, down a rickety staircase into a dank, dark basement. What awaits the Saturday Night Freak Show? <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Saturday Night Freak Show podcast. Every Saturday night, you can catch a new episode on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and more. Even Google Play, I think, right? So these are the internet radio irregulars. Superstar lineup. Who, yeah, who will bring Whatever. it to you. You forgot your, your role. Well, the superstars aren't like, he, half of them aren't here tonight. Well, they're not <laughs> so the they're, superstars. We're the they're irregulars. the part-timers. Yeah. Uh, Travis. Michaela. And I'm Colin. And every week, uh, one of us picks a movie, and then we watch it, and then talk about it for your listening pleasure. And... As a special bonus listener, all through the month, and happy Halloween, by the way, all through the month of October, we've been going through uh, each of the superstars' favorite top 10 Halloween horror movies, or horror movies of all time, and you can hear Travis's picks on our Bad Seed episode. You can hear Sean's picks on our Return of the Living Dead 3 episode, Holly's picks on our Cabin in the Wood episode, and you'll hear mine tonight after our final wrap-up. So stick around after the show, and I'll give you the rundown of my top 10 favorite horror movies for today. So I picked the movie tonight, and we watched Dracula. Dracula. This is the 1979 version of Dracula, starring Frank Langella, Lawrence Olivier, who you may remember from Hamlet. Everybody saw Hamlet. I did. Clash of the Titans. I saw that yeah. shit. Yeah, <laughs> Donald Pleasance, who I believe was nice. just coming off. Who was of in everything Halloween. in the 70s. He well, was in every was... single movie in the 70s. You didn't know that? Every single movie, Donald Pleasance is somewhere back there. Yeah, chewing the scenery and sometimes all the food at the same time. Just with his English accent. That's all he needs is like, ah, oh, man, English accent. I have to go back and look, but it's kind of like think, the Danny DeVito of the BBC. In a weird yeah, well, you put him in a top hat, and away he goes. But I think that this is maybe the first thing that he did since Halloween, right? Halloween was 70, 1978, mm-hmm. and then this was and the this next was 79. Thing. So Halloween was his big bump back up into major Hollywood studio movies. This is what he used all his Halloween clout on, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But this was just like the American studio system, right? Yes. Yeah. Um. This movie was directed by John Badham. Badham? Badham? Badham. Anybody know it? Badham. No, Badham. Badham. (laughs) He scored a giant hit in 1977. It was called, you're going to, as soon as I say it, you're going to go like, oh, that makes so much sense. Saturday Night Fever. Oh, my God. I love that movie. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I love that movie. I love that movie. I had no idea. (laughs) Yeah. So would John Travolta Isn't that crazy how you could love a movie and not like... You know, that's really funny because... it's like so weird. I was going to say Frank Langella's hair was very Barry Gibb in this movie. (laughs) It was so Barry Gibb. It's so funny. It's shared universe. Yeah, shared universe. (laughs) Perfectly cloth for a guy who spends most of his time sleeping in Doesn't move, except when he's on the horse. It's like the only scene in the movie. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this was the next film, or yeah. so he did Saturday Night Fever. Did he also do Staying Alive, the sequel? No, uh, no, Sylvester that was Stallone. Stallone. That was Stallone. Yeah. Uh, Frank Stallone did the soundtrack, and Sylvester nice. directed it. Nice, yeah, beautiful. Well, this, that's why that that's why that movie is the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, this movie uh, came about. Okay, so so let me go back a little bit here and give you how we got to Dracula, nineteen seventy nine. Because there was a play written in like 1928 by a guy named Hamilton Dean, 
of Dracula, which was a condensation of the novel by Bram Stoker. So Bram Stoker's widow was still alive at that right. point in time. And she approved it. She didn't like the... She sued the uh, Nosferatu. Right, the Fritz Lang mm-hmm. silent film. So she approved of this play, but the play, like, I mean, the novel, if you've ever read it or if you've seen, you know, Bram Stoker's Dracula or any of the adaptations where, you know, I mean, it it moves around a lot. It's a very, uh, it's like a found footage novel, right? You're reading mm-hmm. these letters as people experience th- these events. If you're, yeah, if you're reading any book, like, before 1900, you're reading letters. Yeah. Everything <laughs> was yes. found footage back yeah. in the day. Right? That crazy. was how to get it, make it seem yeah. like it was this really 19, happening. 19 or 18. Yeah, because it's War of the Worlds. This is to my sister. Did. Yeah, because, like, when you read Frankenstein, it's it's a captain writing a letter to his sister about Frankenstein. It's like, this is yeah. so fucking, like, right. and all of this is a long stuff. letter, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, right? I know. Jesus well, Christ. They didn't have, uh, you know, they didn't see people. They were on the other side of the globe. They wrote, like, books. Yeah, it's I almost think, like, like paragraphs and paragraphs. Pages and pages, I should say. Yeah, it's weird. Text. It's almost like they... Uh, just the concept of just writing a story. It's like, well, no, it needs to be like a letter to someone has to be telling the story. It's like, it can't just be like an invisible narrative. Just telling you would like, well, but isn't somebody. Yeah. Because I mean, I don't, I'm not familiar a whole lot with like Jules Verne stuff, but I mean, I know HG Wells usually has like a first person narrator through a lot of his stuff. Um, you know, H.P. Lovecraft, obviously. Letters. Not, not maybe like, well, Edgar Allan Poe. Is that somebody well, but that's uh, explaining all... like. I mean. Usually it's someone telling someone else, like yeah. recounting a story yeah, to someone else. Really... Hmm. I guess that's uh, whatever. I made a broad generalization. But yeah. <laughs> but it's weird that like for that time period, the story had to be grounded in reality somehow for the people. like Because like, now that's not something we would ever even notice in film now so it's weird that that was like such a standard at the time yeah. but we've moved i mean found footage is kind of like our answer to that right we've adapted right. The it's new our technology way of... to like do the same thing it's like the way to really believe that this is happening yeah, so where's the found this, footage dracula same... movie okay that's probably yeah, a bad idea tra- i don't know if you can <laughs> do it because now you have to worry about the same way i was like well why would your letter to your sister be fucking 400 pages long mm-hmm. you know now you have to worry about like, just be why text? would they be videotaping <laughs> oh, could you do dracula like in text format no, that'd be like, horrible no, I, mean, I mean just as like it's an like sherlock thing. and those bubbles are on the screen next yeah. to the characters yeah. Jeez, that's a copyright uh, 2016 saturday night freak show on that we ever do it i know there was a guy so be like, like mina i am <laughs> like yeah i'm on my way Emojis. to castle track <laughs> right yeah well, there was a Send guy me a text, who, uh, like, like, oh, is that a new emoji? Yeah. He <laughs> Dracula the, emoji. Uh, <laughs> we need ah! one of those, right? There was a guy who actually, uh, I think, like, every year they would do this. There was, like, a blog or something where he was publishing pages from the novel on the days that they actually, oh, uh, you know, cool. were dated. So it's like cool. you would read along, like, day to day is, like, what was happening uh, huh, in Dracula. But uh, so anyway, this uh, there was this was a hit in England with a guy named uh, Reginald. Uh, Reginald. Uh, what was his name? It was on a trivia I game don't that know. we played last. Reginald. Night. Totally blanking. Reginald. That's how I say it. Man. But uh, it was, since it was a hit, the Americans said, "Hey, we got to have that thing over here." And so they had a guy named John Balderston rewrite it. John Balderston also wrote, you know, like I don't know, he didn't do the Wolfman, but like the Invisible Man and. Maybe Bride of Frankenstein. He wrote. Yeah, like Wolfman was Curse of, uh, Right. But he wrote a number of those. Maybe it was The Mummy. He wrote a number of Universal Horror movies. So he made this play, and this is where 
fortune smiled on uh, this undead creature because they got uh, Bella Lugosi to play the part, and that became like a huge success on Broadway. And so Universal Pictures said, hey, we need to make a movie out of this. And in 1931, they released a movie called Dracula. And so history repeats itself in 1977. Well, we got through all the, like, hammer shit, right? Like, mm-hmm. we... Because, I mean, Dracula A.D. was 1972? 72. And then... But by There point, was one more Dracula after 1972. That was the Seven Brothers versus Dracula. Uh, there was the Satanic Rites of Dracula. So... A.K.A. Uh, uh, damn, it has another title. The it? Evil Hounds of Dracula. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it could be anything. You could do anything Dracula, like... Well, that was Christopher Lee, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you're getting at. Christopher Lee for an entire generation. Well, because this tried to like played, re. Well, it, it this had, tried to make almost like another realistic. Like this wasn't the oh, forget your like superhero Dracula movies. You know, this isn't we're gonna pop one out. This tried to return Dracula to its kind of the Christopher Lee ones. No, this this oh, movie, well, the movie we're talking about, Franklin Jellis. Oh, okay. Well, wait a second. I just want to clear up Whoa. real quick that the in between, you know, we were saying between 31 and 77. Um, Christopher Lee became and defined Dracula for you know what TV he from 1958 until for color Dracula 75 or something like that. Mm-hmm. He played Dracula. I think they said I looked it up. It said he played it ten times, but I counted seven Hammer vampire movies and one Spanish, mm-hmm. the Just Franco yes. Count Dracula. Um, but so there was a renewed interest in vampires, I believe, as far as I can remember, uh, listener, you can correct me if I'm wrong, because, uh, somebody got the idea to redo, revive the play. And again, lightning struck twice. They cast Frank Langella and the play became a huge Broadway success. And because of that, Universal said, Hey, we don't, we own this. It's like, we should make a remake of Dracula. (laughs) So they cast the guy from the Broadway play again and made Dracula Is the whole cast in from the Broadway play? No, just just Frank uh, Langella. Because mm. what the or uh, Lawrence Olivier is Van Helsing? Yes, in this. Yeah, but not he wasn't in the play. I don't. None I know, of the other. That's what I was just whatever. Yeah. You know, I was trying to talk about the movie. The play <laughs> was also um, at the time like it was a thing because do uh, you know who Edward Gorey is, the artist? Nay. You ever see, uh, you remember uh, Myster, uh, Mystery on Masterpiece Theater on PBS? No. Yes. Vaguely. Okay. The yes. opening of Crazy. that with yeah. the drawn, you know, it's, he was kind of like, not Charles Adams, but I mean, he'd be, right. the other, he illustrated, I think they were like kind of little ghoulish yeah. uh, cartoons, but they got Edward Gorey to design the sets. Edward Gorey, I have to look that up. So the sets for this production all look like illustrations mm-hmm. and they had bat wings like worked into everything and into the costume design and mm-hmm. all that. And you can actually buy it on Amazon right now as a miniature thing, the Edward Gorey Dracula set. Weird. Yeah, it's kind of weird. What are we talking about? Uh, <laughs> Dracula 1979. That! And, <laughs> and the movie also came out because of this new interest in vampires. In 1979, you had Dracula, the big budget universal movie. You had Nosferatu, the vampire, the Werner Herzog movie, Werner and Herzog. Love It First Bite, which beat them all, I think. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. They Love It First Bite. The, uh, ah, that's my Dracula movie. Children of the Night. Hamilton. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Yeah. 
So this movie takes some liberties with uh, with the Dracula storyline. Significantly. But that comes from the play, right? right? Yes. Yeah. In the play, for some reason, they switch the characters of Lucy and Mina. Just because I'm sure the person that wrote this original screenplay just didn't care to look originally. <laughs> They're just like, what are their names? Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, Lisa Mina. <laughs> <All right. laughs> you know? Well, Oops. the thing that like I've always loved about, like, I mean, reading the novel Dracula and, you know, some of the early adaptations of it is the best scenes in that seem to be like the stuff that happens at the beginning where Jonathan Harker goes to the creepy castle and sits down and has dialogue with that's like the creepy part of dracula yeah the first scene when or there's the the there's supposed to be like the coach with the whatever the dark uh coachman whatever yeah and then takes him to castle dracula the like good evening and all that shit yeah then harker becomes like slave to dracula like right right away Mm -hmm. right yeah but in this, I mean, because it makes sense. It's like, why the fuck would Jonathan Harker have to go all the way to England just to be like, you want to buy this house? And, and, <laughs> and uh, or no, he's in England. He goes all the way to Transylvania mm-hmm. to uh, sign yeah, because, a deed or whatever. Right. So well, it does make sense that Dracula would just come to the where the house is to sign the deed, I guess. Plus, it does like, I don't know. Well, I also wonder if there's, see, this is like a subtle thing that I'm not sure, but watching it tonight, I'm like, what year does this take place? I was wondering that too, and I I get really caught up in this. Every movie I watch is supposed to be a period piece, and to the point that like it takes me out of the movie. But like I was like, okay, uh, those lights look like they're electric. Yeah. Um, but their outfits they're wearing say something different. Like I get really caught up in it, and I I could not tell you, couldn't figure it out. I mean, there's automobiles. So I gave up trying. So... Yeah. Yeah, it's the first Dracula movie with a car chase. Yeah. It looks like it's from. It's got to be like I'm gonna. I'm guessing like I'm do 1910. Yeah. There's some like newsy newsboys too. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Like. Yeah. 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 Evening squad. Yeah. Well, I know that at one point Harker walks into a bedroom and flips a light switch and turns on. Yeah. Light. So I mean, I and first this cares them but then they settle <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's why i wonder if like if the book took place in 1897 mm-hmm. if this one now moved into the uh 20th century early 20th century yeah so dracula has the somehow, book is 1897 yeah really mm-hmm. so maybe he's been communicating by uh you know like telegram, telegram or something <laughs> Western Union. Yeah, but it jettisons all that stuff that you like about, or that I like about Dracula. <laughs> yeah, it right that. out the fucking window. Even though he does find a castle just as creepy as his Transylvania castle in So England. many goddamn cobwebs. You know, Holy you, shit. You Every square inch. Jonathan Harker's like a lazy real estate dude <laughs> yeah. or whatever. He's like, you fucking clean this place up. Leave some cookies out or something. Like, like cobwebs so dense you can't see through them. Like, they're yeah. opaque. They're so dirty. Like... Well, it's an abbey, right? Yeah. It still is Carfax Abbey, and like, Carfax. thanks to uh, the uh, the matte artist Albert Whitlock, the thing is like one of the great goth- gothic uh, silhouettes sitting on like an island. It looks yeah, like in the middle. Cool. Um, but the the interior of this place, I mean, aside from being completely covered by centuries, it looks like of cobwebs, has these weird bat faces, dragons, and shit carved in. Like all someone's of like that. just like. I like dragons. Were you trying to at any point sit there and go like, what must this place have been like when it was an abbey for monks? Right. uh, I assume. (laughs) Well, but that's where you find most like gargoyles and stuff. I suppose. That's the, yeah, it's the like scur away like evil spirits and shit. 
But in the actual, what do you Probably call not it? inside of it, no. <laughs> He's turned that into his dining room or whatever. Whatever. I don't even know. Like, yeah, they built that one set and they're like, we're cool. Like, let's not build anything else. We got the ship. We got, like, yeah. what's the name of the ship? They don't even say the name of the ship, right? The famous name of the ship that I can't recall. In the book, it's the Varna, I think. No, the Demeter. The Demeter, It leaves right? in Varna, right. There was supposed to be a movie at one point called dude, The Last Voyage of the There's supposed to be comic Demeter, books I'm... about... It's like, dude, that, that's always supposed to be the story, right? Like, what happens on the voyage from, like... No one knows. Yeah. No one can figure it out. They're like, I don't know. What does happen? It's not an yeah. exciting story, right? You know, like, Dracula's gonna live. Everybody's gonna die on it. You know, like... <laughs> Everybody dies on the voyage over. Yeah, but there's the movie there. And, and they... this has, what, Lisa? Or what's her fucking Lucy? name? Lucy. Lucy. Jesus Christ. That's how much I know... Dracula. Uh, but she finds like Dracula washed up on the. Oh, that's Mina. Yeah. Mina. Yeah. Because then this is switched. Mm-hmm. <sighs> they're pretty interchangeable in this movie, I think, though. They kind of like, are. They they're like. Alike, they're they're brunette just, English yeah, girls. Yeah. yeah. Well, they've. But in this, Lucy's the, uh, very, like, she's already very sexual, right? This is why I'm like, this is like 1910. This is like nearing, like, women's voting time and shit because she's very in this movie. She's like, shut up, John! You know, he's like, yes, okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, she's not like. I was going to say, he said very sexual, but I'm like, nothing well, compared to the 92, the Bram Stoker's Dracula version where she's. Well, but I mean, sexual quote, is unquote, in like. Entertaining three guys, you know, at the same time. And it's just like, she's. Well, but me in this, uh, well, but Lu- I mean, Lucy, who is in this engaged to Jonathan Harker, right? Mm-hmm. Like, even in this, like, when they're having their party, they're, like, doing the tango or something, and this is how I'm like, oh, shit, she's, like, this very sexualized woman, right? And Jonathan Harker, they're these very modern, sexualized people. You know, that's... Don't they call that liberated? Well, <laughs> but that's the... But, but that's what Dracula's always been about, right? Liberation leads to uh, 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 infidelities and, like... What not? It turns whatever. you into a monster. Yeah, I'm a whore. Yeah, yeah you're a whore, lady. That's what this whole thing's about. It's about how mm-hmm. European dudes can turn your ladies into whores. It, it's it's kind. It's not unlike the movie Cat People, where like you know you start exploring your sexuality, it turns you into a monster sort yeah. of thing. It's yeah. similar. But I've always thought, and I don't know if this is my own like theory, but I've always thought Dracula specifically was about the foreign. You know, the foreign invader getting your woman, right? Like, you know. Totally. I can see that. Well, I mean, in the novel, it's like it's still presented that way because I guess, you know, there's those scenes uh, early on where it describes like, you know, the women in Dracula's house, you know, go to their knee to, you know, uh, bite uh, Jonathan Harker, where it's like. You know, at that time, any woman who got on her knees oh, with yeah. a man, like, you know, didn't come home to see mom for, you know, dinner. What? She's and, smoking a cigarette? What a hussy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Lucy, uh, in the novel, whenever she becomes a vampire, is described in ways that, you know, accentuate the fact that she's full-blooded and, you know, uh, very sexy, basically, you know, uh, alluring, which she didn't have prior to being exposed to, to Dracula. So Dracula, yeah. Like you said, right? He's the foreign guy who comes in. He talks like these. <laughs> yeah. And he somehow sexually liberates all the women. All of them. Mm-hmm. 
Although They're in the helpless. novel, see, it still seems like, I mean, this is like overt as hell. I guess like that's why. There's no subtext in this movie. Yeah. It's all text. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just all text. there. In any other prior that's kind of the Dracula problem, right? Movie, Once you like lose that like censorship, you have to just show it for what it is. And they're mm-hmm. like, they're fucking, you know, like this is what we're talking about, folks. It's not well, it just biting the neck. more explicit, like the further you go in time, you know, the, the later Dracula movies are, you know, I mean, you know, compared to. Bram Stoker's Dracula, this is chaste, mm-hmm. you know, but compared to even the Christopher Lee ones, because I remember like, you know, you know critic- reading criticism about the Christopher Lee movies. They say that, you know, he's a magnetic uh, lover, you know, of the of women in, in that those movies and women are attracted to him and all that. But you watch it and it's like, I'm sitting there going like, well, he puts them in a thrall. You know, and they lean back on the bed and maybe like expose their, you know, throat to him or something like that. And that's really as far as it goes. But in this movie, I'm like, where's the Dracula before this where like he is like 100 percent like the um, Byronic lover, you know, character. I think even the tagline played up like he's the greatest lover who ever lived and died and lived again, you know. (laughs) Or whatever, but uh, he is one hundred percent like the guy who comes into the room. All the women are completely <laughs> fawning over him, like throwing themselves at him. He's got to fight him off with a stick, and then it changes the motivation of our protagonists, right? From like we have to stamp out this evil to like one guy's daughter has been killed by this guy or corrupted, and then murder, and then she dies. Uh, one guy's daughter is currently going through that process and the other guy's girlfriend has been you know taken by drag <laughs> so it's all very personal to them right mm-hmm. right instead of like uh, an altruistic like it's evil and we have to kill it because it's evil it's like we got to get him because he's taking our women yeah well they kind of don't know at first right because like jonathan harker like what in this movie she like dances with him that's what what symbolizes the scene of like you know and it but it's it's in this movie, I mean, it's Lucy that's doing the, like, dance with me. And that's what's crazy about this version of Dracula that I find. It's like, this is the woman's liberation version of Dracula where it's Lu- – it's going to fuck me up well, calling her. Like, the character's the... supposed to be Mina. Right, it's not yeah. supposed to be Lucy. It's <laughs> fucking me up. But so Lucy huh, is supposed to get, like, in the trance. But, no, she's the one that's very open to Dracula. She is very inviting to him and, you know, maybe it's that idea. I don't know. I was going to say, yeah. Well, they kind of set that up early in the movie. I think the first scene where you're introduced to Mina and Lucy uh, having a conversation, they're talking about how, uh, I think it sounds like Lucy has just gotten a job, unless she's reading something that's from Jonathan Harker, but it Mm -hmm. says you'll be a welcome addition to our law firm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's a very, like... Yeah, so it's like, here's a... uh, I mean, what do you want to say? Like enlightened, empowered, you know, right. feminine yeah. character. In- the independent female. She's not part of Jonathan Harker. You know, like every mm-hmm. Dracula story just treats Mina, Lucy, whatever the fuck you want to call her, <laughs> as just Jonathan Harker's wife at home that's going to get seduced by the foreign guy. This actually treats her, this treats Jonathan Harker like the secondary character in a weird way. Because we do start on her. You know, like, at first, I didn't even think that was Jonathan Harker. I was like, well, I was like, well, this is interesting. Jonathan Harker must already be held captive at Castle Dread. I didn't realize we were meeting the character Jonathan Harker. I was like, oh, fuck, this is a little different. 
Yeah. Uh, but then I was like, well, the guy's a fucking, he's a pussy. He even like barely has a mustache, like barely. It's like you would shave that mustache. If that was your mustache, you would shave it. I, he, he kind of took me out of the movie a lot because he looked like the seventies as a person. Oh, huh. And like everybody else looked very period accurate, except him. Like and he looked Dracula's like hair. And Dracula's hair. Dracula's the very hair. Gib hair. Yeah. But he, he looked- did have like a disco shirt yeah. towards the end. That was like cut down the middle, like disco yeah. Dracula. Oh, disco Dracula. <laughs> Copyright. Sorry. No, I appreciate it. <laughs> no, J- Jonathan looked like, like low rent Burt Reynolds for <laughs> yeah. sure. Like, Oh. Everybody else was so perfect, though. But I get it's it. Like, he was a very emasculated man. He wasn't like the Jonathan Harker that's going to, like, stop Dracula or whatever. He was just like, so oh, He's, like, jealous in the corner, like, when she's dancing with Dracula, like, <laughs> And he's trying to be, like, in, he's trying to seem like he's this, like... <laughs> But that's the thing, right? That's yeah. the course of the movie. Yeah. It's like because, because it that's falls the scene where to- Harker should be like, "God damn it, no, you're not dancing with him." I mean, he's trying to make a deal, so he's letting, like, God damn it, like uh, this is why maybe I've never really liked the Dracula story. It's a very like paranoid with righteously so. Like, I hate the idea that you don't want to be paranoid, but then he's like, "Well, oh, fuck, but you should be paranoid." This lady's totally talking to Dracula yeah, behind yeah. your back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like that's what kills me about every vampire story is the chicks are just like oh fuck you i'm going with the vampire in the end the guy goes out and fights for him and you know the guy's gonna stay with her it's just like this is sick man it's like the ultimate cock it'd be like your chick goes out and cheats on you and you still like whatever baby i'll still it's just like oh it's kind of disgusting but the excuse here is that there's vampire magic at play yeah, yeah. no but the vampire magic is like that's like the chick's excuse right like i imagine bram's like this is my imagination Bram Stoker's wife cheated on him, right? And she just couldn't help the fact, you know, she's a stupid woman. She can't help what she did. So the guy's like, well, it's the animalistic allure of the foreign man or the whatever. Uh, that, that's just what I get out of Dracula every time I see it. I'm like, oh, Bram God. Stoker's working out some. Uh, oh, for uh, sure. Some- just like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's just like, what could I have done? She couldn't even do anything. The guy was rich and handsome. <laughs> she had no well, power I, of her own. But that's also in stark contrast to the book. In the book, Dracula is not described as like a handsome Lothario. He's a creature, this old guy, mm-hmm. who basically shows up and like forces Mina to drink his blood. Oh, yeah. I and mean, it's not like, yeah, I mean, all that I'll stuff about like an, a romance between Mina and uh, Dracula, I think, comes from the Jack Palance movie. Actually, uh, so Jack Palance was Dracula in a in a TV movie from the seventies that was directed by Dan Curtis, who you may know as the creator of Dark Shadows. Whoa! But um, in that the movie, I think vampires, huh? that was the yeah. <laughs> yeah no that was the I got another time. idea. Yes. Okay. We know. <laughs> but I think that was the first time, if memory serves, that uh, you know they worked in a subplot where Dracula had, and you've seen this in like hundreds of Dracula or vampire stories since. The idea that uh, Dracula had a great love when he was alive, oh, the and painting? this woman looks just like his great love. The reincarnated, like. Yeah, so that turns him into, I guess humanizes that humanizes yeah. the monster, right? Mm-hmm. And that gives him, like, this you know, motive. It's like, I got to get my girlfriend back, mm-hmm. like, you know. Makes him more <laughs> of an anti-hero than a villain at that point. Right, right. Yeah. Because, and that's the thing, too, about, you know, like, Mina's position in the novel. It's like, even though she's living in uh, the 1897 
um, you know, time period, uh, Stoker describes her as like, I mean, I guess his best compliment is that she has a man's brain, you know, it's like, oh, she, yeah. You know, yeah, he keeps on like, she uh, is one of the vampire hunters, except she's also like, you know, polluted by her exposure against her will. In that case, you know, she's got Dracula's blood in her. And that also gives them the whatever telepathic ability to track him down. I think the thing I that I really liked about this movie is that like we didn't get a big long like B plot of one character trying to convince another that this was actually happening. Mm. That seems to be a trope in films now of like this paranormal whatever unexplained thing is happening and one character knows what's happening and the other doesn't and the whole movie is character a trying to convince character B that no this is actually happening and then in the third act they finally realize it. Didn't have to deal with any of that in this movie, and I'm glad because I don't need to see that anymore. Well, has it like because I'm the I, it's been a long time since I've seen the Bram Stoker's Dracula, but hasn't Dracula always just been like Van Helsing looks in a book and he's like vampires? And like, like yeah, I found it right yeah. here, yeah. like under V. Well, that's actually what bums me out about a good number of the more recent Draculas is like Van Helsing comes into it like already possessing. Well, even in the 31 Dracula, it's like Edward Van Sloan's. He goes like vampirism. Like, you know, he already knows about it. I mean, the Anthony Hopkins Van Helsing is like, dude, you've been, he says something like, you're the foe I've been seeking all my life. You know, I mean, like he's been studying this kind of stuff. And so he goes to it right away. I like the Laurence Olivier portrayal because he's just like, I mean, he's like an old guy. And the fact that he is this old, frail cancer-ridden guy at this yeah, period in his time. Yeah, right? He's not There's, like this majestic like vampire hunter guy. Yeah, they're up against a force that is more more able-bodied than they are, these old guys, you know? It's yeah, like, it's, it's two old guys and a fucking weakling, Jonathan Harker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Father, do something! <laughs> a guy who can turn into wolves, he can punch through walls, he can climb up the side. You can and, hear him right. climb up the side. <laughs> 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 I could have almost done without the Renfield story in this. I, I, yeah, like as you're talking I, about yeah. getting rid of the beast, it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. we didn't even need Renfield in this fucking movie. I mean, no, it really he didn't was about much. just these like, hey, it would be fun to update this, like a modern update where it'd be like, hey, I'm like real estate guy, like I'm gonna come have dinner with you, you know, like that would yeah. be fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, Renfield's always like one of those characters that uh, you know you end up. Well, the, the I remember the TV version of uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula like totally deleted the whole Renfield subplot, and mm. you didn't even notice that it was gone. I mean, he's like basically the harbinger of like Dracula's coming, Dracula's coming. I mean, I guess it's always supposed to like what the character Renfield is supposed to symbolize. What like, the idea that Isn't I always he thought just it, the harbinger. Well, I always of thought that something evil coming. Yeah, I guess so. I always thought it was the whole, like, idea, like, I mean, the idea of Dracula, not that it necessarily centers around faith or anything like that, but as soon as Renfield is faced with something with immortality and it promises him any sort of power, you know, Renfield's just like, whatever, I'll do whatever you want, you know? Like, I always thought that's what his character was signifying, just kind of like the weakness of man, how we, we will, like, give up like to any sort of uh i mean it's a stretch because i've never really cared for the character of redfield yeah yeah, i was never really sure like i mean in in, because okay everybody dracula comes across has that he gives them that like hey i'll let you i mean this is his pickup line like 
I'll let you live forever. I'll let you live forever, right? <laughs> and you don't know if he's going to do it, you know? It's another one of the, like, cautionary, like, oh, beware the promises of a false whatever. But somehow Renfield actually has to live as a mortal person as kind of... See, I always thought, like, Renfield, is he, like, Dracula's protector? He's the puppet. But, yeah. But it's like that time has come, come and gone. He's mentally unstable he's like a lower from the lower class uh you know at least in this movie right it's like everybody else is high society and he used to live in carfax abbey and he's been booted i think he was a squatter or something right and hark that's why he's pissed at harker because harker sold the house oh and kicked renfield out crazy so renfield's just kind of working there for Jesus the Christ. was for that the this count. movie yeah they said <laughs> <that>. <laughs> And so then he just becomes like a bug-eating madman after bug Dracula. Bug-eating madman. Because you got to suck on life, y'all. Yeah, but I never really got that. Because he's supposed in to be... In this one, the way I did, I no. have in some of the other ones. He, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess so, right? It's like, the blood is the life, and I have to consume all life. But in this one, he does it, but you're never really sure why. There's no payoff for it. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't resolve anything or answer anything. That's right. for sure. Like, and we don't even know. I mean, basically, it looks like it starts because I mean, not Redfield so much is just kind of where they he's get... like hungry in the morning when he wakes up after the Dracula hangover. He's been bitten by a bat and he just he eats bit... a uh, cockroach. See, he's like at that half point, right? He's like the ghoulish. I mean, this movie, that's the problem with this movie is they take out like kind of all the horror. So the parts that you should know is like, oh, no, you know, Renfield is now like this like ghoul of a man because he was bitten and like, you know. Well, you say they took out the horror, but when I saw this, and yeah. I think this was maybe my first introduction to the character, so I was young, so you got to cut me some slack. But I remember a, a number of jump moments, which it's like interesting that they work those in. You know, somebody jumps out of a behind from behind a whatever a curtain at one point. I remember jumping, or you know, there's loud noises and bangs, and but there's that scene that you know uh that takes place in the in the graveyard where they confront the undead lucy and even the way that they shoot it it's like steven spielberg mm-hmm. shoots stuff like this you see like a shadow of something then you see a character's reaction to it and then you cut to the slow pan up you know to this like undead corpse uh of lucy and it's like just creepy i thought it was creepy as all hell it was, I mean, that's cool. was a great the, scene yeah the great horror movie moment of this movie because it's out of like nowhere in this movie that's why mm-hmm. that's well that's why it was effective is because like this movie it doesn't do a lot to create this atmosphere of whatever but then when you get down there then she's just like ah it looks like i mean it kind of looks like a zombie from like omega the omega man you know yeah. like you're, yeah. you're painted white yeah. You have some pieces glued yeah. to you, but hey, you know, it was, yeah. it was that was like a zombie thing back then. I, I liked the scope of this movie. I liked how like big everything felt. Like the, the, the landscape shots, like the establishing shots, every like the way they yeah. shot everything, it felt big. And I feel like now in movies you don't ever get that. You're always on a set. It, it's always on a set or it's always on a green screen. And if it is like if they do spend the money on establishing shots, they use them over and over again to the point that it's redundant. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, like we spent all this money in this aerial, better use it for everything. Yeah. You know, you whereas- know, there's some like shots that, you know, 
uh, that you know you can tell that like it's an Albert Whitlock painting only because they didn't have uh, yeah. you know CG back then. But like you can see like a little town in the background yeah. with like yeah. smoke coming out of a smokestack. Yeah, a little yeah. too you know, big. Like I noticed that's like that was a big like, smokestack <laughs> yeah. for it to be like way back there, dude. That's like, but it's cool. But that's I'm glad they went for it. Like, yeah. go yeah. for it. You yeah, know? it like, good. Yeah. But they shoot like on the cliffs of wherever in the hell they shot. That it looked like Ireland. It looked like parts of Ireland. It was Shepherdin, right? Shepherd and Studios, yeah. and, but did they go to Whitby to actually shoot this? I yeah. don't know. Like we see for brief moments in time, like when they go down to Whit or Scarborough, uh, the port oh, at the end. Like I was sitting there and like, did they go through and remove all the TV antennas or anything yeah. that would make that look mm. modern for the entire uh, sea facing yeah, uh, part of stuff. that town? Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh trying to think like where else they actually do. oh the second unit on this movie mm-hmm. is another thing where i think they get like some mileage out of it there's a scene i think where like um after dracula's attacked somebody they show the city like waking up and so they've got like all these you know kids on a coal cart and like people just kind of and i'm <laughs> like who in the fuck spent the money to get all these extras together to just wander through like these, what looks like a real place. I guess maybe that's also what I kind of dig about this version of Dracula over some of the other ones is like, it looks like they spent money. They went to England. They shot with English people on locations that look like they could be real, you know, and opened the, the scope of it up. Like you said, that's, that's the biggest issue. Like I think most people have with the 31 Dracula is that all the interesting things happen off screen for the most part. It's basically like they filmed a play for 31 Dracula. Like it's not, they didn't expand on the play very much. Whereas this one, like they, like I got to imagine the budget for this movie was insane because just like, the location shots and the makeup and yeah, all the stunt piece. animals alone. Mm-hmm. The stunt animals did some of the best work in this movie. Like so many different types of animals. They all nailed it. And like, like stuff that you could never do now, those will all be CG animals. So the budget for this movie in seventies dollars, especially had to be a lot. Yeah. I don't think it made it back, unfortunately, <sighs> but I don't think it was a great hit, but I think, you know, I mean, as far as production value, I mean, even in the, the designs, of everything. I mean, mm-hmm. again, they're probably taking some, uh, you know, uh, uh, lead from the Gory, the the Edward Gory play. But, like, I noticed, like, uh, Lucy, when she begins to become more vampiric, right? Mm-hmm. When she's in the, uh, I think she's on her way to see Dracula. And she's running away from the guys. She's got this collar that has, like, all these bat wing designs yeah, in dude. it. Mm-hmm. When she's in the cell, because awesome. that's what you do when, you know, your woman's turned into a vampire. You lock her in, in a in a. Well, her song. dad did that, right? She's got, she's got these bat wings. That was awesome. Yeah. That, like, that dress looked like it was from the fucking 30s, mm-hmm. you know? I was like, right. that's a cool touch, her in that white dress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She becomes more bat-like. I guess that's the thing, like, this movie does is well, she constantly yeah. reinforces... The bats. idea that the bats, yeah, because mm-hmm. even Franklin Jelly really uses like two fingers yeah. all the time, right? Yeah. He's that's like his. He like, I think when he's he holding totally on, to that's how he's. Yeah. You, that's fingers. how you know he's using his like his his uh, hypnosis when he's not doing the look at the Maya, you know, whatever. They they shot him with a lot of Dutch angles too. Like I noticed that too. Lots of du- Dutch angles in Frank Langella. I don't know if that's because like, ooh, something's off here. Mm-hmm. Can you tell by how the camera's tilted? Like, but yeah, yeah, there were lots of Dutch angles on him. So, what do you guys think, Frank Langella? Is he? I don't, I don't know. I don't know if he had that Dracula like. 
I think he does it for me. I think like I, I mean, my criteria is probably like high cheekbones, like severe eyes. And I mean, he his widow's peak was insane. It was like three inches deep. But like the hair piece is what killed it for me a little I was bit. Say, but... Maybe if he had that shit combed <laughs> down a little bit. It's like he's a big haired Dracula. But dude. his performance yeah, he... was fine, I thought. Well, he has like there's a uh, what would you say it? Uh, like, I just remember what's coming to my mind is uh, a Roger Ebert review of this movie where he says, like, Dr- uh, Frank Langella stalks through every scene like a cat. You know? Oh, yeah. He's got that kind of, like, everything is a very, I mean, obviously, he played the thing on stage for God knows how many performances over the two years, you know, leading up to this. So everything's very mannered about the way that he does everything. Like, it's very, you know, pushing off of the, uh, the fireplace and turning That's around. At a it's just sexual, right? It's just this very, it's a super sexualized Dracula, right? Where they're, you know, he's very smooth. It basically got sure. a chick saying like, no, and he's just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that. It's right, like well, everything yeah, he, he just, does is calculated. Yeah. Everything is like a, advancing him. Yeah. In his performance. I think like, I think, well, I think his performance is like, Everything he does is to advance the character. The character already knows how it's all going to play out, mm-hmm. and this is all just steps to that. Because it's yeah, it's uber confidence. It's mm-hmm. like nobody yeah, can kill exactly. him. He's going to fuck all the ladies. Right? It's just uber confidence. Well, it's it's that like scene yeah. where he invites the- uh, Lucy and her dad to the <laughs> dinner. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like you're it's invited, great. of course, but you'll be out of town. <laughs> it's like what a dick. Right. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> <clears throat> Dracula burn. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the I thing, hate that guy. The issue that I usually have, like, you know, when I go back to revisit this movie is like, you know, I mean, what I want from a, a vampire, I guess, has evolved over time. So you go back and you're like, okay, well, first of all, I don't see him like commanding hordes of, uh, you know, an army. Like he's the last of his kind, this warlike race, you know, and I'm like, Frank Langella? And then, you know, there's uh, also the, uh, I don't see him, like, sleeping in, in the dirt because he wakes up and he's, I mean, this Dracula. He's beautiful. Can, he's clean. Yeah. He, <laughs> well, and this is another thing where it's like, wow, this movie is really making a departure because he fits in with high society, high English society. This foreign guy from a land who doesn't have an accent, you know, right? right. Comes from Transylvania and is is can adopt into English custom. And it's like, okay, so <clears throat> I mean, again, this isn't going off the book. It's just, you know, this is what the movie is telling us. So we don't know that he's been living in a castle by himself for 400 years. Right. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily apply to this character, but I don't, I can't reconcile that, that like this guy has been living alone, creeping around inside a castle in Transylvania and now wants to move to England. It's like this guy lived in high society as a vampire in Transylvania and comes to England and can integrate directly. And he goes to dinner. Right. (laughs) The first night he's in town, it's like, invite him over for dinner. And we have a table, you know, uh, conversation with, but that's why it makes sense that Jonathan Harker is the realtor. That's like, that's the thing. Since it's a business deal that changes, that like excuses almost why you would, you know, that idea that you're talking about, like just the fact that there's a deal going on, like gets you into people's houses. It gets you, it gets you into like, well, I get that, but I guess I can't reconcile that this guy is like some undead corpse, you know, like creeping around oh. graveyards and turning young maidens into vampires and stuff like that. Because like this guy is a suave social animal. You know what I mean? 
I mean, they say, you know, he's a count, so he's royalty. But, you know, it's like... You don't think Bela Lugosi was that guy? You know, you're absolutely right. Bela Lugosi is the same. Yeah. Yeah. He's just a suave dude. Yeah. Because Jack... See, that's my problem with Dracula in a nutshell. I like vampires. I never like Dracula. Because Dracula's sexy. He's not scary. He's just sexy. That's all he is. Well, he's, he's scary not... because he's going to take your women, Travis. Well, yeah. <laughs> What does it say on the poster there? It's like, but it's uh, not what's the tagline? It's like throughout history, he has filled the hearts the, of men with terror and the hearts of women with desire. With desire. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm not even scared of it. Cause it's like every fucking woman likes him. No matter what, if Dracula comes in your house, you're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just say, all right, that's, I'll see you tomorrow. Terrifying. What are you talking about? That is terrifying. That's that is terrifying, but it's not like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I guess that's, uh, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Mm. So as much as I love Donald Pleasance, like, he's he's great. He, like, I expected him to be bouncing off the walls way more in this movie. Like, he seemed kind of sedated for Donald Pleasance. Like, he kind of like, took this, a back seat. I was like, he's like a man of science in this fucking movie. Yeah. He's just like, oh, oh, well, Whatever well, you say. Madness. Hmm, crazy. Yeah. Hmm, vampires. <laughs> he only has wow. one scene where he gets real crazy when, when she can't breathe in the bed. And he's, like, mm-hmm. slapping the shit out of her and everything. But, like, I expected that to, like, him to be at 11 for the whole movie. Because that's usually how he does things. But... He's a little dialed back. In this I couldn't movie. stand the insane asylum. That was like a cartoon. This whole movie is like this really serious down to earth. As soon as you go to the insane asylum, it's just ah, people just like, what the fuck? It, How is this any sort of institution? Well, it's like bedlam, right? It, it, yeah, it, they just let people them. running around screaming. It reminded me of um, in the Dark Knight Rises, the prison that Bane puts Batman in. <laughs> yeah. Like where everyone's just hanging out, just chilling, just hanging yeah, out. Just hanging out. In the, just in insane the, asylum, run around, do what you want. Hey, just have a baby. <laughs> that, that was the good Christian thing to do. Let, it, let an insane person take care of their own baby in the asylum. I, I yeah, want right? to know what the logic was behind like the set design for the insane asylum. Because like those bridges that kind of came in that met in the middle. It I was, was like, weird. wait, because like it took me so long to figure out that that was an insane asylum. At first, I was like, wait, is this the inside of that boat? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, okay, no, the boat wrecked, and we're still seeing this. So no, <laughs> straight jackets are what put it together for right, me. But yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, why, why have these weird like wire metal bridges that meet in the middle and like the circle like that prisoners are apparently always running around on because yeah. every scene in the movie they're just running around they're like just you only get locked up if you're violent i think yeah. otherwise <clears throat> they're just allowed to roam. mingle there doesn't seem to be much of like a uh therapy going on no. it's just this is containment and just, there's like two employees putting him on drugs place. i did like that that like funny joke that you know, uh, Helsing, Van Helsing goes to Donald Pleasance is like, uh, well, did you put Lucy on whatever? Laudanum. Laudanum. It was like, oh, my daughter? God, no. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a good joke. Treat your daughter with it. Yeah. Donald Pleasance is like the comic relief. I mean, like, mm-hmm. it's not, uh, I mean, it's not, not like, a great part. Well, no. it's not a barrel of laughs. Well, that's the thing I think we're, we're like an actor like Donald Pleasance goes into this, says, I don't think this is like necessarily a great part. So it's like, well, what can I do to make my part more important? And he says, 
can you give me a bag of candies to just be munching on yeah. all the fucking time? Every goddamn scene that you see this guy, he's like chewing stuff. He's, he's like eating. He's and eating like in every scene. Every scene. I swear to God. That's true. He's wandering around chewing. It had to be a character choice. There's no way that yeah. was scripted that uh, way. That was totally him, him being like, to go, guys, I have an idea. Yeah. Let's add something to the part. His only role is to, is to console his daughter. That's yeah. his only role is to be like, everything's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's cool. That's all I do. That kind of seems to be a trend of people that have a really successful movie, though, that kind of puts them on the map. Like, usually the next movie they do after is not that great. Like, it just seems to be a normal trajectory for, for actors. So, I mean, I mean, it was the bigger paycheck. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> at that exposure. point, yeah, exactly. And not that this was like terrible for him by any means, but like, if you watch Halloween or Psycho or anything, like this is not what you expect from him. Not at all. Like mm, you don't expect yeah. him to be like a C level character in a movie. I've seen a lot of Don, Donald Pleasant stuff over the years where it's like, uh, it, That's what's so weird like about you went from this. Halloween where you were basically the biggest name in that thing yeah. to third being in Dracula. Yeah, it seems like you're just back in Amicus movies or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, yeah, like with a bigger budget this time. That's around. what is weird about this movie is like, like fuck, it's like I. I almost like wish it was more Americanized. I don't know why. I do feel like it was like I don't know. Yeah, very British. I'm curious, and I guess it should be, but uh, I don't know. I guess I don't know. How does vampirism work in this movie? This is one of those things that I'm not. You have to bite somebody and then give them your blood. They play kind of fast and loose with it, so I honestly couldn't tell you. Well, I mean, there's a few established rules, but. Well, Even I'm just still. using no mirror, garlic. Uh, yeah. Mina as the as the case study here, okay. right? Okay. Mina is bitten by Dracula. Mm-hmm. Uh, she dies of asphyxiation, pain in her throat. Mm-hmm. She complains. She can't breathe. She dies. She's buried. She comes back to life as a undead specter, looking like you know she just crawled out of the grave. She eats the baby and eats a baby. Uh, Van Helsing and Seward her? stake her. Mm-hmm. And then they dig her up or bring her to, you know, whatever, prepare the body. And she has magically regained a look that looks alive, as Van Helsing mm-hmm. says. And at this point, Van Helsing brings out the mirror and shows that Lucy or Mina is not there and says, I have to take out her heart. My question is, is now at that point in time, now that they've staked her the first time and killed the undead version of her and somehow she's magically like now restored. Is she more like Dracula on her second, after her second death? I don't know. Like, is that the thing? You I was confused about that the whole yeah. time. I was like, why isn't she dead? Right. Didn't yeah. they stake her? Yeah. Right. Like, what? Right. What? Is that, does it do that in the book? No. These you people, stake them in the these book people don't know what vampires are. <laughs> they think you kill the dead version and the undead version. Yeah. It's like they filmed this movie with her getting staked and dying, and we're like, shit, we only hit 80 minutes. Fuck, we got to write some more of this movie, guys. We got to hit like at least 90 minutes. <laughs> well, I mean, I, you know, I mean, How the, long was the this? idea that they have to. Like an hour and 40, yeah. uh, yeah. hour and 49 minutes. It was short. But no. the idea that, you know, you have to, you know, tear out the heart, cut off the head. Stuff the head with uh, garlic mm-hmm. and burn the, the heart, right? right? All that's from the book. 
But in this one, it's like, well, we still have to do somehow to conclusively. I, it's like, she's dead. They staked her, right? You well, no, but even right in there, there, they say, well, she's undead, just like Dracula. Mm-hmm. You know, they say she's undead. So I don't know what the fuck the previous staking is about. I just don't know that. Yeah, not con- entirely sure on that one. No, it's stupid. And coming back to a point that you were making before, I think about how uh, the 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 women relate to Dracula, the thrall, the vampire, the vampiric thrall that he has. It's like how much free will, because <clears throat> he says, like you know, <clears throat> in his time he's had many va- many brides, and he's going to put Lucy above them all. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure what he line. sees in her that he hasn't seen in countless Dude, other women. That's just a lie. History. That's just a lie. He's just saying that to the chick. So she'll be like, cool. He's not saying that to the chick, though. He's saying that to her fiance. She's not even in the room. Oh, yeah? So he means it. It's a legitimate thing to him. Uh, Unless he's just fucking with Jonathan He's just whatever, man. He's just like, dude, pretty soon she'll become one of those brides. (laughs) Like, it's just. Well, he says that she's going to, he's going to, they're going to go to another, you know, eventually when she becomes full vampire, they're going to go to another plane. It's just the threat of taking her from him. That's all that matters. Hmm. It's not about what. Dracula is gonna like. Yeah, I, I love her. I don't see the end game in that in that statement. So he's just know. you know get together yeah. and make little right. baby vampires. She's basically just saying in a weird way. I mean, it's not. I guess today you would be like, like she likes me more. But back then you'd just be like, you know, I'm going to treat her better than anything. You know, like because of course she'll be with me. I'm gonna provide for her better than anybody ever, and we're gonna live forever. But so that's why she's still- always go for Dracula. But oh, uh, guys, <laughs> but I'm, we're in trouble. What I'm concerned about <laughs> is that even though she is in his, you know, in love with him, right? I mean, she's obviously attracted to him. She goes out to dinner with him. Uh, yeah, she, that's the big bitch of it. She lets him put the bite on her. You know, uh, then once that happens, it's like okay. So there's that scene where he takes her to his castle. And he goes to prepare the coffin, and he's like, Lucy. And for a minute, she stands there, and she doesn't immediately, like, run to him. And I'm sitting there going, like, is that, like, there's still some human part of her that is not entirely within his control yet? In which case, like, does she actually, like, love this guy, or is she only doing his beck and call no, she loves him. She just feels guilty that him. she had to fuck over people that she also, like... People don't feel bad. I mean, they only feel bad that they have to fuck over people. They don't feel bad what they get out of fucking over people. They just feel bad that they got to do it. Yeah. God damn it, Dracula. Mm. I hate him. Mm. Well, I mean, you know, when I was a kid, I wanted to be him. I guess that well, was the yeah, thing. Of it's course. Like, because you walk into a room and every go woman to, is I'll like, tell you what, you go. Go, to, go to Asia. <laughs> well, white, <laughs> white dudes are Dracula in Asia. <laughs> uh, Tall white guy Dracula. Oh, shit. Well, this movie Silly. ends differently than, the, uh, than any Dracula story before. I mean, obviously, yeah. the 31 yeah. Dracula... They kill Dracula mm-hmm. off screen. I mean, it's yes. very anticlimactic. Nothing happens in the end of that movie. So for the remake, they're like, God damn it, we're going to have an ending to this. It's going to be on the quality of the uh, the caliber of the French Connection or something. We're going to have yeah. a chase yep. scene a in a Dracula movie. Ch- it's like Benny Hill sped up. 
It's I want to put some wacky sex to that. Cut it with the <laughs> Benny Hill wacky sex. <laughs> well, to be fair, it does have, we forgot to mention this, the majestic score of Sir John Williams. Yeah. It does have. There's like one. Score. Dude, yeah, score. there's one part now. It's like, this would be like a Dracula musical. He's got the tune right here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just got to come up with some fucking words. Wait, did we talk about the, uh, really quickly, the Dracula laser light fog machine love scene uh, set to the oh, job? Oh, that- that went on way longer than I thought it was going to. Yeah. Why all the superimposed bats? It looks like a James Bond like title sequence. It really it was, like, yeah. it was designed yeah. by the guy who did it. was oh Morris Jar, Jar oh, wow. or whatever. And that's the when there should have been like, so he has one style of doing things. Oh, Where's yeah. the yeah. Dracula Bond theme for yeah. this movie? That's where Dracula, the love theme it from Dracula. Seemed, <laughs> it seemed like they shot like, uh, like a minute of it and then just looped it again, though. Like yeah. it didn't seem like they shot a full scene of it. It's like, like they looped it to They're floating finish it in out. The air or something. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Big red clouds dude. explode around them. Uh, but it reminded me somehow, for some strange reason, of Superman the movie, where you had that long, like, uh, the Lois Lane uh, song. You know where she's singing? What's the name oh. of the fucking song? Do you read? Can you read can my you read, mind? Yeah. In the middle, yeah. in the middle of your big epic movie set to John Williams' music, you have like you know this interlude where you know there should have been a Dracula like. <laughs> <laughs> a Dracula poem. Oh, uh, but it should have been disco. Well, did you know <laughs> it should have been disco? Dracula. <laughs> should have had the Bee Gees write the soundtrack for should the movie. Well, like, oh, there's always there love at first bite. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and old Dracula with David Niven. Oh God, I've seen so many Dracula movies. Um, oh, I hate Dracula. So the this movie ends uh, after the chase scene on a boat where uh, Lucy is freed from the grip of. Well, actually, it's interesting again no, because she's not not until he dies. Well, Jonathan Harker she's still not. This is his big moment, right? That we've been working for toward the entire movie. This is where Jonathan Harker is going to assert himself and win back his love from from Dracula. Right from the other guy, just from like killing adversary. the other guy. How would you feel if, like, your wife left you, and then the only way you can get her back is just by killing the other guy? That's she's like, okay. Well, this is drama, I'll come back right then. in drama. You're raising the stakes because it I feels it. like I get that. It. In real I just life, feel you, like you know. you know. God damn it. So, <laughs> but this is my point. The point is that he doesn't kill Dracula. <clears throat> Van Helsing does. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there's a technicality I'm you, dude, there. He's a pussy in this movie. <laughs> this is an emasculated Jonathan Harker because Lucy is the masculine character in this. She's the one that's taking like hold of the situation because she's a plot driver. At least until a certain point, where then Dracula becomes. I mean, he's the he is the ultimate. Well, she's the plot, driver but the she's plot, also yeah. the one that like I don't know she. I mean, she tells Jonathan Harker what the fuck to do. Jonathan Harker's a cuck in this fucking movie. It's really sad, dude. Really sad. (laughs) And he can't even kill Dracula. The only thing... So Van Helsing, Helsing, an old, decrepit man, is the one who puts the the hoist, the... That was kind of stupid. While he's he's dying. (laughs) Right. So he's dying. Dracula impales him on the wall. And he's able to throw this hook into the back of Dracula... Well, but Jonathan Harker is like diverting him. He's fighting Harker, right? But, but like he was about to get he, his head. Van broken. Helsing has a fucking yeah. pull through his torso, That's and he true. still does that. Like he still pulls that off. 
Well, I don't even think you could, like, just angle a little hook and slide it on a thing and have it go through anybody. I saw it happen. Yeah, in a horror movie. Because somehow pushing something at, like, the speed of, like, I don't even know. Yeah, it's the pulley system. It's stupid. I thought that part was so weak. I was like, what the fuck, really? He, like, throws a hook in his back? Yeah. That shouldn't even do anything. Well, no, he does. I mean, he's going to take it out, but then he gets hoisted up. Yeah, so that's what Jonathan Harker does. That's his uh, his contribution to this. <laughs> Aside from fighting off Vampire Lucy, is he throws a switch that hoists Dracula into the daylight, where Dracula is powerless against the uh, the giant but fireball rays. I, I of the still sun. think he gets away. That movie does nothing to me to say that was just his cape. I think he gets away because Minas or Lucy. It's a fucking bullshit. I think Lucy, he gets away too. Lucy is smiling. Oh, that's what I'm talking it's a about. Secret smile. Well, it gives it's us not a secret smile. It, I think it gives us a satisfactory, He's, at least to me. I don't Parker's know, just ignoring ending it. Where, <laughs> where Dracula is defeated. He gets hoisted up, and there's that beat where an old man, you know, burned Dracula is spinning around on the hook. And then it's like, okay, it's all over. And everybody's like, whoo. And Lucy is returned what appears to be to her senses again without the. Uh, the, the her the eyes crawl. just aren't red or whatever. Right. And then you hear this flutter, and the Dracula cape, or kite, starts flying kite. away over the end. She has this, the camera, I think that's the last shot, right? Mm-hmm. Is the camera closing in on her face, and she has that's a so, smile to herself. Uh, that mm-hmm, he's still that's almost, She's more frightening than Dracula in this movie. <laughs> she is. <laughs> oh, God damn it. That's so rough. Well, there you go. Yeah, that's rough. I don't know, man. <sighs> God forbid any of you chase after a woman that is just like, whatever, you know, this guy's totally got like nice, thick black hair, olive skin, like super rich. Oh, you killed him? I guess so. I guess I'll just do what I was doing before. Fucking you. (laughs) So horrible. Does that bring us to the end of uh, Dracula 1979? Yeah, I, so, I guess yeah. so, right? All right. We'll we stick gotta... with this as we summon Igor, Igor our mailman. Uh... Igor, where are you, sir? Masters! Masters, the mail! I've got the mail. So many letters. Our followers are rising. Rising. Why, thank you, Igor. Yeah, he's been working on his olive skin. This is just a reminder that you can get a hold of us through Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash Saturday Night Freak Show. You can also reach us on Twitter. We're there as well. We're at Sat Freak Show. Or you can email us at Saturday Night Freak Show at yahoo.com. And hey, when you're on any of those services, why don't you go ahead and give us a like or a star rating? Share us or yeah, or tell share. a friend. Right. Why not? It helps us expand. Just make them listen to it in the same room as you. <laughs> that's my the record. Looking that's how at I do them it. directly in the eye. Yeah, you just trap and be like, "Hey, we want to come over." And then when they get there, be like, "We're going to listen to this." And like, "Oh fuck!" Just make them do it. All right. So writing in uh, tonight, Damien Prowse writes in, and Frank says, "Frank you, Langella Damien. is the sexiest Dracula ever." He's sexy. Jacob Laws writes in and says, Gary Oldman is my favorite Dracula. He was very scary when I saw his Dracula at the age of six. Oh, God. Yeah. That movie at six. Be yeah. Rough. <laughs> I thought he was a scary Dracula. Yeah. When he, like, licks that, the, the, uh, yeah. the straight razor. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very scary. Yeah. 
And uh, Babette Georgie, Georgie, Babette. sorry, uh, writes in and says uh, Christopher Lee is her favorite Dracula. So there you go. Who other, you guys got another favorite Dracula or another Dracula that stacks up somehow? Mm. No. I do kind of like I... the Klaus Kinski uh, Nosferatu. The, but, I mean, it, Werner Herzog guy? Yeah. He was cool looking. But is he Dracula? He's called Dracula in the movie, so. He's not Count Orlock? No, not in the remake. Really? They actually huh. right, they had to pay for public yeah. domain now. So. Crazy, though. Yeah. Anywho, yeah, I don't think I have a... That dude from Love at First Bite. What's his name? Uh, George Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And you haven't seen the Jack Palance one yet. No, I want to, because I think Jack Palance would be a great Dracula. He just seems very, like, yeah, very Dracula. Well, there was also the uh, Louis Jordan uh, version... You remember him? You know who he is? No. Swamp Thing? He was Arcane in Swamp Thing? Oh, no shit. He was an octopusy. He was the bad guy. No shit. Yeah, he's, he's a Dracula? Because he did it on stage what? after, uh, I think after I think he did, or Raul Julia did Dracula on stage after really? Franklin mm-hmm. yep. Jello left and Crazy. did his movie. Too bad we didn't get a movie with Raul Yeah, Julia. right. That would have been awesome. That been there's a picture cool. of him in this yeah. book, I think, as, mm-hmm. the, uh, as Dracula. But uh, yeah, Louis Jordan did a two-part a miniseries for BBC called Count Dracula, which tried to do it as close to the book Dude, as it could. I gotta see that. Eh, yeah. It's really rough. Ah, oh, but he'd be a good Dracula. Or, well, I don't know. Act, he was a good mad scientist for Swamp Thing. I yeah. I think he'd be a good bad guy. I can watch a crappy movie he has got a good bad guy. I'm just not entirely sure that he's awake the entire time. He's <laughs> playing well, they're on Coke, right? Or what? It was he's the coming 70s down. Or like, what are we doing, Dracula? Okay. So, are we, is that the it for the letters are we yeah so uh now i guess uh you hear that bell tolling oh, off there in the shit. distance the hour has come sirs all right so that's uh our, yeah that's Jesus our butler lurk thank you lurk uh, so that means it's time for wrap-ups. You know what that means. This means it's my turn for wrap-ups. We're going to start with Travis to go around the room. What would you think of Dracula? And uh, hey, stay tuned because the top ten list is coming up after these. I I don't like any version of Dracula. I just don't. I've never liked the story of Dracula. Nothing really happens in it except for like, I'm going to buy a house. I get trapped in a basement with three ladies. I uh, I I go over and seduce Mina. I kill Lucy. I, I I just always thought it was so fucking boring. I've always liked vampires as a creature, as a monster, but Dracula as a character, like I said, has always been too sexy and been too like. And I've never seen any version that's made me think otherwise. Um. So yeah, like I mean, this is no different than any Dracula movie. I hate all Dracula movies. I mean, if it's vampires, I'd rather watch Fright Night or Lost Boys what the or. Hell? <laughs> Fright Night is Rear Window with a vampire. It is not Dracula. It hit Dracula. I mean, come on. Shut up. Like those are in a different league. Like, they may not as even, well be. Yeah. Dr- it's got fun music. This movie is so fucking dry. I was like, I, dude, I had to like, I almost forgot John Williams was doing a score to this movie in a few parts because I was like, where's the fucking music? I need something else going on in this movie besides people just like looking at wrecked boats and like, I don't know. It just, I don't know. There's just something about Dracula that's never, 
I don't know. And I don't know if it is the uncomfortableness, because I'm very aware of my uncomfortableness with stories about women that want to, like, leave you in, like, that's a scary story to me. Like, watch this simple plan <laughs> directed by Sam Raimi. That story's always unnerved me. The chick, the fact that, like, this fucking chick is going to leave you and you're still loving her? Oh, this is sad. I feel bad for the guy. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. This movie, yeah, it just doesn't do it for me. Just like no other Dracula movies. My brother locked me in a room and made me watch vampire movies for like ten years. So I like I just have a disdain for uh, vampires. So I need I need Childhood super. <laughs> it always comes down to that. Uh-huh. I need super cool vampire movies for me to really get behind the monster. But like I, I just hate Dracula. It's it's a love. It's such a love story, or it feels like a love story. They're directed like love stories. You know, I'd rather have the monster version. You know, I'd rather have the Jonathan Harker's like perspective. You gotta see any Christopher Lee one. Like any Christopher yeah. Lee, he's the monster. Yeah, but that's stuffy seventies. Like we turned all the lights on. You know, there's no atmosphere in Hammer movie. I don't like vampire movies. I'm sorry if that's like my one like thing as a horror fan. It's like, I just kind of don't like a lot of vampire movies. A lot of them are just sexual, and it's like ah, scary. Like I get it. I like sex. I like boobs in movies. But like, eh, I can get that anywhere. I don't need a. Watch a fucking vampire movie. And, like, didn't the cape look stupid in this movie, right? Like, it had bat wings. Yeah, but I the Count Dracula. I was so distracted by the hairpiece that I didn't even notice the cape. I honest. just thought the big, <laughs> the big, like, collared Dracula cape in this movie was just like, ah! They went with that? Like, it looks like a Halloween prop at this point. <laughs> like, the production design was so good for this movie. I just didn't see, like, it's like, I don't think that's ever been a real cape design, you know? I thought the way he had his, like, neck covered all the time was, like, a weird subconscious way of, like, projecting onto other people, you know? Like, his neck was constantly covered. I was like, that's an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, nah. Mm, Frank, great Skeletor. Great Skeletor. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't, I just don't care for tracking the movies. It's not its fault or your fault for making me watch it. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I actually really enjoyed it. Like, as far as, um, Dracula movies go, obviously 31 Bela Lugosi Dracula is number one. This is a very close number two, though, um, above the the Christopher Lee Hammer movies. Uh, I think I like... As far as Universal Monsters go, Dracula's not my favorite. But even still, this movie I thought was was pretty enjoyable. And actually, for being made in 79, holds up really well. Um, special effects-wise, story-wise, it holds up pretty well. It doesn't feel like a movie that's as old as it is. I, I think it's enjoyable. I think that there's definitely some good good things here, good storytelling. Um, like I said, my biggest disappointment was that Donald Pleasance wasn't as Donald Pleasance as he usually is. You know, <laughs> like he could have turned it up a little more. Like, like if there's a movie to be ridiculous in, this is the one. Go full ham, man. You know, like why yeah, are you this holding movie back? Took itself so seriously. Yeah, are, my God, yeah. dude. Yeah, why are you holding back in this movie of all things? To hold back in? Um, yeah, no, I would. I would He's definitely recommend it. He's gone with her. <laughs> <laughs> it, or even like if he would have done something to like when he's wearing his top hat, he's really straight laced. But when he takes it off, he loses it. That would have been great. But um, I would give it like three out of five Barry Gibb hair pieces. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Mate, Sean's not here, but you're carrying on yeah. tradition. Awesome. <laughs> um, Dom Krieg. Yeah. So I think maybe this is my favorite Dracula, but. It's like, how much of that is based on the fact that it's the first exposure to the character that I mm-hmm. had, right? I mean, like, 
That's a hard, because in the, uh, I mean, I think, I don't know if Dracula is my favorite universal monster, but at some point, you know, he obviously was. I mean, I'm sitting here, I've got the play sitting on the bar. I've got the poster of this movie, like, in my basement. Um, You know, I've had, like, every version of this thing that's come out. I've got, like, Dracula movies, you know, I'm in my library, you know, from 1931, all the universal ones. I mean, like, yeah. I've seen a lot of Dracula over the time. So clearly there is an appeal to the character uh, and vampires in general. Um, It's interesting to me that like vampires have kind of gone through this change that, um, you know, if Bela Lugosi set the template, you know, I suppose then the, the play, you know, started it is the vampire, the 20th century American or, you know, Western vampire is a guy in a cape and a tuxedo, right? Who comes from the outside and arrives and, uh, and steals your women, right? That stereotype or that, that basic structure started in 1928 to 31 stuck with us until, I mean, it almost feels like Fright Night is like the end of that cycle. Like in the meantime, it's like there was all these gothic, horror movies you know i mean you even look at like when they try to update it bring it into the modern day like salem's lot or um count yorga or blackula or something like that where a vampire or dracula 1972 it's like they're still basically the the dracula prototype right but fright night was the first or it was the last of the the gothic where it's like, you know, the gothic house is somehow next door to you in suburbia, you know, which is, you know, the contemporary thing. And you, it's like now it's old hat. It's on TV on uh, uh, the Peter Vincent show or whatever. And like vampires in the real world. And from that moment on in 1985, granted, Martin is ahead of its time in the 70s. But uh, from that moment on, it's like then the next stage is, well, like. Well, being a vampire isn't so bad as long as we turn you back before the, you know, the moon or the next full moon or whatever the, you know, whatever the next day. Or if we kill the head vampire, we can still rescue you or give you a blood transfusion or whatever. Right. But you get to vicariously be a vampire for a little while. You get to have the sexual prowess. You don't get threatened by the person with the, you get to be the invader. You get to experience what it's like, but, oh, there's a price to it. And I don't want to pay the price. I got to come back. And then the further expansion of that is, I guess, what was started in the 70s with the interview with the vampire, but, you know, and through Underworld and, like, all the, you know, things that have spun off of that, it feels like, and the Vampire the Masquerade uh, game. But now it's like, now, and Blade, there's a society of vampires where everyone's a vampire, we've all got this superpower, and we can, you know, are these superpowers in this uh, hierarchy and political stuff going back and forth, and it's like... Well, you know, where do you go from there? Now, then you've got Twilight where, like, the girl's in love with the, you know, it's like, eh. So, I like the gothic stuff. You know, that's the stuff that resonates and appeals to me the most. And this movie has a gothic flavor to it, an atmosphere. I mean, it's got the, you know, they go into the graveyard. Graveyard's got fog all over the fucking place. Yeah, these little headstones all over the I mean, you know, the castles are <laughs> full of crap, moldy, dark, dank. You know, there's... Because uh, there's, uh, it's something that doesn't exist in place. America. Right. That's it's an English idea. World, That's a... Yeah. But gothic. I mean, like, it just has... It's the most gothic Dracula. Like, realistic gothic Dracula um, of them all, I think. 
Um, it is a disappointment that, you know, we were talking during the movie, but I don't think we brought it up on the podcast that, uh, when this movie came out, it was in vibrant Technicolor and, uh, sometime in the 1990s, uh, when they made a widescreen version of it for TVs, the director went and dialed down all the color. Cause that's what you did in the nineties. Seven was a big thing back then. Right. And, you know, uh, the look at the two towers in the two thousands. It's like, we got to just drain the color Saturate out of everything. Up. So they desaturated the shit out of it. So now if you have seen Dracula and you're under a certain age, you have never seen it the way that it would, that I remember seeing it on its uh, broadcast run, you know? Cause I mean, I remember those vampire eyes were bright red contacts with fiery red crazy. lights in the middle of them. And They're that's like black. Yeah. And this yeah. is crazy. Yeah. I mean, we'll post some uh, screen comparison shots on uh, Facebook this week so you can check it out. But I think, you know, there's really, a disservice been done yeah. to this movie that, you know, Hey, we'd like to see it in color again, but Sons uh, of bitches. and I think, uh, you know, is where are you screen factory? Right. Uh, and is Langella my favorite Dracula? I don't know if that, again, I think, you know, like Gary Oldman's Dracula and Bella Lugosi's Dracula have, um, more of that, like foreign, element to it i think you know it's like langella's character is too like too smooth to be like a real predatory vamp you know, <laughs> undead creature right he's not a monster in the traditional sense where those guys feel like they are a little more but what he is is i think like what travis is saying he's a sexual rival a threat and in that way you know he's scary i guess you know as as the uh the idea, the concept of like what he's come here to do, you know, and, and disrupt the society that you're living in. So, um, so I don't know. He's definitely in the probably top two Draculas. I can't make a decision, but I'm going to go. Yeah, I, I would know. definitely recommend. I'll tell you who the movie. worst Dracula is the monster squad Dracula or the seven brothers versus no, Dracula. I got you beat. It's the Van Helsing Dracula. Ooh. Richard Roxbury. Like he is fucking awful. Maybe awful, but you know what? Actually, you know, that that was the last. Oh, sorry, Universal Studios, right? And their Universal Monsters. They did Dracula, the remake of Dracula, Van Helsing, and Dracula Untold. That's Dracula their, Untold. That's their sexy score Dracula. For how many times they've? You know, I like the Dracula character. from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I remember him. He remember that like episode? Looking long hair. He dude. also that same actor also played. Uh, in a Vlad Zepesh movie. Of course. Isn't that crazy? Well, he looked, That's he the only before. thing that actor could do is like, you're Dracula for a year. <laughs> You'll be Dracula this year. Yeah. Moving on. So I would recommend <laughs> it. So that brings us to... Uh, Collins moment. Horror Picks. I, I promised you I'd do this. All right. So my top 10 favorite horror movies of all time. You know how hard it is to put this list together? Yes, I do. I made three of them. Three lists. I can give you the list at any time. No, I was on, this is, I think, in my third. And so I'm going to say that this is, uh, I mean, the only way I can qualify it is this is my list for today. And tomorrow may be a completely different list. But is this the list of the movies you frequently watch? Or is this your, yes. the most, uh, like. Okay. No, these are, I think that's why I put them down as favorites is because they are the ones that go in the machine the most, it feels like. So, all right. We're going to go with uh, number 10. Okay. Number 10. 
Trick or treat. Okay, we're just going to go around the room. Trick but trick or, or treat, tr- not tr- trick or, or treat. That's right, right. Sean, <laughs> the didn't Sammy he pick Kerr, trick or treat? I think he did. I'm going with the real one. The real trick one. Trick or treat, where Sammy Kerr is a heavy metal rock god who comes back from the dead to like kill people with his guitar. Rock. The power of his rock. Shoots out of his guitar. It's fucking awesome. Uh, you probably haven't seen it. You can listen to our podcast. Yes. There you go. Go back. It's on YouTube. Uh, it's got... Gene Simmons and Ozzy Osbourne appearances in it. Corky. And it. I watch it every Halloween. I watched it the other night. I can't stop watching it. Jesus Christ. Uh, number we were listening nine. to Fastway when I got here. Fastway! Yes. yes, I was. The soundtrack. Uh, number nine. <clears throat> All right, so I know this is a new edition, but for the amount of times I've seen this movie, I'm going to put it on there. I'm going to go with The Witch. The Witch. Whoa. Well, okay, I made a movie called yeah. Witch Finder. So, I mean, this is in my wheelhouse, kind of. You know, it's like. <laughs> he loves them witches. But I love that movie. Yeah, because Lords of Salem was also. I love them witches. <laughs> I do love them witches. Love them witches. But, yeah, that movie is creepy as all fuck. The people who didn't get it, I'm sorry. But it it is unnerving as all hell. The production design is fantastic. It's a, one of those, like, transportive uh movies where you feel like you're looking at something you know through the portal into another time which is really cool uh number eight i'm gonna go with the return of the living dead Woo-hoo. i think uh i think that's my favorite zombie movie i know that like you know night of the living dead you have to give massive props and i've seen that in a way that you know it underscored to me like wow when this movie first came out like this was terrifying because i saw it with a friend of mine who'd never seen it and seeing it through his eyes was like an eye-opening experience you know why it's the best return of it, Dead? yeah because it has more zombie characters almost than any other movie like like you can individually draw or pick out the types of zombies that are in return of living dead each one has something unique to its design yeah well, you know? because they're the Bernie Wrightson inspired EC Comics type, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know, and they talk, they have personality. I don't know the whole more brains. You know, it's a and very it's, just it's a comic booky kind of of zombie movie. Uh, plus the punk rock thing is there is there a connection there? It's got a soundtrack no, no. that's awesome. I'll actually <clears> tell you about the uh, connection after the. Uh... All right then. It's uh, not for you folks. Number <laughs> seven. I'm going to go with Fright Night over here. Whoa. Fright Night, is it my favorite vampire movie? It's the only one that's on the list. So I'm going to say, yeah, I think because of what I talked about earlier, I think, uh, you know, for my generation, it's like Fright Night. It's a lot of fun. I think I like that kind of 80s vibe that both Return of the Living Dead and Fright Night have and Trick or Treat. They're very fun horror movies. They're not very serious. They're not self-aware necessarily, but they have a, a playful sense about them. But they're also, I mean, Return of the Living Dead has an apocalyptic, creepy ending. It just yeah. like, unnerved me the first time that I saw it. It's almost like a Cold War <clears throat> movie, right? Yeah. It's almost mm-hmm. like an anti... Definitely. Yeah. But Fright Night, uh, it has a... Uh, I think it is the, the delineation of like the end of an era, but the birth of another one. That's really, I don't know, you know, I have to... Go, but that's what it feels like, you know, kind of. And it's uh, it's got cool vampire effects. And that scene in the nightclub is like classic look it's the best actual like vampire hypnosis scene in the world it actually shows what it's like for your woman to get fucking like <laughs> there's nothing i can do she's yeah. being taken away from me she don't even care yeah 
I should go back and say uh, that reminds me, uh, Dracula and the re- this 1979 Dracula and the remake of The Wolfman should be on a double feature somewhere. I'm just throwing that in there now. All right, <laughs> remake uh, of what? I don't think the they did. What? Uh, I don't so, know. Number six. Speaking of werewolves, I'm going to say that my favorite werewolf movie is. American Werewolf in London. American Werewolf in London. It's, a uh, it's the greatest movie great in the world. It's not even on my list. I don't even know how not. No, because it's uh, the ferocity of its titular beast. You know, I mean, like the the horror is played like that's a horror movie mm-hmm. that has a really sharp comedic streak. It's not a comedy horror movie, right? Because, I mean, even Return of the Living Dead is like, it's a comedy for the first half, and then it becomes more of like a serious horror movie See, as I it would say on. it is a comedy movie. It's just sensible comedy. Which one? American Werewolf? America because there's some ridiculous shit in it, dude. Yeah. Like, the little kid well, that any, says no. That like does, I yeah. suppose. Tell right? me, have you ever been beaten, beaten like, severely? I'm yeah. like, no. I thought not. Like, I think it almost, like, movie. walks a line of werewolf and body horror, though, because it's almost like... It it kind of treads that line because yeah, it, on, on, to me. right? Exactly. On the surface, yeah. it definitely is a werewolf movie, but like the way that the characters in the movie deal with it is more like a body horror film. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. It's very sharp. It's mm-hmm. very good. Best werewolf movie of all time. I know there's people who will vouch for the howling from the same no. period of time. You people are crazy. You're crazy. But, yeah. That story's not great. That just that uses the sexy shit from vampires. Well, the sexy. But what they that like one was about capitalizing it, on a trend. They like the yeah. the bipedal werewolf design is like oh. the first time that they ever got to see yeah. a werewolf. You know, like uh, the story's so weak, though. Like. Yeah, it's a weak story. I hate that movie. <laughs> yes, I do not they, like that movie. They don't have the guts to cut away from, and show you less of the transformation. They show too much, and mm-hmm. it ends up looking really okay. But anyway, it does look yeah. ridiculous. All right, number five, The Shining. The Shining. Excellent choice. The Shining. I put on every winter. Not Same before here. Christmas, after Christmas, Same. The Shining goes when on. When the seasonal affective disorder is settling in really bad? Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. I don't Absolutely. know. Uh, I suppose I do. That is probably what it is. But yeah. something about that whole idea of cabin fever or something, The Shining is one of the greatest horror movies of all time. It's fantastic because it takes place during the day, mm-hmm. uh, and it still works. I mean, I remember the first time I saw that movie, and like every single moment in that movie. You just know like they're out there by themselves. Moment. You know, that's why it doesn't matter if it's nighttime or day. They're out there alone. You know, you just get that. Like, I mean, I haven't I haven't watched the movie since I read the book because I love the book. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just love the damn book uh, so much that somehow it ruined the movie for me. Oh, yeah. You know how that happens. Yeah. To me, they're just so two entirely separate things. Like, I think of that as like, this is a Stanley Kubrick movie. Mm -hmm. You know, that's how I think of it. So it's. I don't know. To me, in my mind, they're two separate things right. entirely. So, yeah, I think his uh, Kubrick's sense too and composition. I don't know that movie. Like I said, like I believe that every single moment in that movie mm-hmm. is like just become a classic. I mean, it's quoted. I mean, anything you can pick mm-hmm. almost anything out of that that's been quoted like in pop culture for the last. There's some. There are some years. things I think are genius about it. Mm-hmm. You know, like when when Danny's riding his little trike mm-hmm. and you can see how he's getting displaced mm-hmm. throughout the fucking, the you know, a lot of, a lot of people work. think it's a editing mistake, but it's like, no idiots. He's in a haunted hotel. A house, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. genius. Layers. It is genius. Kubrick doesn't make those kind of mistakes. Fuck yeah. no. Fuck no. Apollo 11. <laughs> well, sweater. That, I don't know. <laughs> he's in a reflection Joking. and eyes wide shut. Yeah. In the bathroom. Yep. So, yeah. But that was also the last towards the end of his life. And, 
Yeah. He took. He, he did like seven hundred takes of everything, and he picked yeah. the one that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So number four, also a movie that comes around every ironically winter, The Thing. Uh, the choice. Thing's like possibly the greatest monster movie ever made because it has this monster that you can't ever pin down what it looks like, and somehow that adds to its effect in your your uh, your mind. You know. You see something there that isn't necessarily there. You, you extrapolate onto this thing. And it's ooey, gooey, icky, and it can get you. And it's got tentacles, and it's got claws, and it's got spider legs. It's just, you know, fantastic. Uh, the idea of the isolation, the paranoia, the very, you know... Um, Cold War-like invasion of the body snatchers sort of... Yeah, it's got that, that kind that of paranoia. paranoia. But also there's... That's like, why I, like, I think it's the quintessential movie of the Cold War paranoia, even though it was made in the 80s. Like, he just took that sort of... Uh, John Carpenter just kind of took, like, what they were doing back then and, I mean, almost did, like, what Spielberg had done to, like, you know... Uh, we always talk about how, like, they put heart in these atomic monster movies, right? That's what John Carpenter was able to do for the Cold War. It's like he just took the thing and fucking made it this like super <laughs> like put the yeah he just put the paranoia he just he, terror. It's almost like the score alone gave you the dread mm-hmm. of like you know one of us is this thing that's different from the rest of us and it's going to take over all of us. You know, yeah. it's just like there's yeah. it's like doom. Plus, it also has the body horror thing yeah. too. It's the fear of infection. You've got both of those things. I think like that's happening. why what people say it wasn't that popular, right? Is because it was so ugly and so like whatever that people were so like it was just, yeah they were like it's disgusting. That's the uh, the word on the street. I think it was like it was gross. And, Which, you know, that's what you're looking for nowadays. Right. I'm dying for a gross movie. Yeah, it's the isolation of The Shining with like Cronenberg level body horror. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Number three. All right. So this is maybe an outside choice. I'm going to throw it in there because to me this is a horror movie, like all, through and through. Seven. David Fincher's oh, movie Seven is one of the most stylistically influential movies, I believe, of the last 20 years, mm-hmm. where, like, you're still seeing this, that look now to this day. The, you know, I was just, I remember seeing it in the theater. I w- had been sold a different movie in the trailers. This is going to be a police procedural, like I've seen a bunch of times. And you get in there, and that opening title music video thing happens. And just the, we're not going to turn any lights on. It had, like, an X-Files ex- aesthetic or something like that. But the murders, you know, the makeup effects by, you know, the great Rob Bottin. I mean, it, this is a horror movie about uh, it's a mm-hmm. very dark night of the soul. And it has one of the most bleakest endings of all the, well, I don't know, American Werewolf's got a bleak ending. The witch has a bleakish ending. Uh, the thing bleak-ish. Bleak the girl, ending. like, goes to Satan. Yeah, it's bleak. <laughs> well, it's happy for her. Yeah. It's uh, not happy for her. You don't know what going to Satan's like. <laughs> She Her seems, soul will burn in hell forever. Static yeah. about it, yeah. <sighs> but yeah, one of the most memorable, uh, uncompromising endings in movie history, next to the mist. No, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> seven, yeah. Um, number two. All right, so number two and number one, frequently jockeyed for position. So I'm going to say number two today is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think. That is one of the most intense, uncompromising horror movies I've ever seen in my life. I saw it at a drive-in theater last year, and I think at that point I actually clicked over like, oh my God, this is how this movie was always supposed to work. And it worked like 
unbelievably well. I mean, it's just so, you know, for like a, it wasn't a first time movie, but like you think of it as like a ragged kind of found in a dumpster kind of movie. It makes you feel like you have to take a shower after you see it kind of thing. And when you see it actually like cleaned up and projected, it's like, there's a lot of craft and care that went into this. I mean, it's really well put together, exceptionally well, you know, composed, edited and all this, but it's a movie that feels like it's been made by maniacs. Mm. Like you're right in the middle of madness and the movie wants to make you crazy by watching it. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I, I saw the 4k remaster in a drive-in last year as well. And like, it, it was a completely different experience. Like it felt like watching a new movie again. I totally agree. And it still works yeah. like gangbusters. Oh, yeah. It yeah. did. It didn't make it like a new movie in the wrong sense. It just felt like it felt like watching the movie for the first time again. Yeah, totally. I just wonder. Like now, it's like you know, people have seen a lot of things. You know, that may have desensitized them to that kind of. But it's like a really strong mm-hmm. no, if movie. They, if they made that sort of movie nowadays, it'd be like rated X or mm-hmm. rated. You know, they just mm-hmm. wouldn't make anything that extreme nowadays. You know, people freak out over like shit like Hostel yeah. and like mm-hmm. it's got nothing over. I mean, Evil Dead the remake had extreme stuff, but it's fantasy. You know, I mean, like this feels not, like it still felt like a different universe, so it yeah. didn't seem real. You know, yeah. yeah. This feels like I mean the closest thing to this in recent years is maybe uh, the Devil's Rejects. Yeah, yeah. but that's just because the Devil's Rejects is a yeah. yeah complete fucking knockoff on yeah. image. But that's the closest thing I'll ever get to see like a new movie in the theater where they had that kind right. of because they'll never make that sort of craziness. That was only something that could happen at the time where Charles Manson was fucking like yeah. Roman. Right. The you know yeah. it's just like that was that he world. He's the right? Godfather of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just you couldn't have that movie without. The Manson family. Psycho. Ed Gein. Ed Gein. Ed Gein's the man that created horror movies for. He created the American horror movie. I do believe Ed Gein is the man responsible (laughs) because everybody says, well, Friday 13th is Halloween. Well, Halloween is psycho. You know, I mean. So like, do you guys ever like talk to someone who swears up and down that their grandparents have like newspaper clippings that Texas Chainsaw actually yeah. happened? Oh, it's yeah. like no, no it idiots. didn't. <laughs> it's just a scary fucking movie. It like, has one of the most <laughs> violent titles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of any, I mean, it's the perfect. I mean, the title sounds invasive. It's I the think, Texas uh, Chainsaw what, one Massacre. Gets murdered with a chainsaw. Just yeah. Franklin, right? Off screen. Yeah. Kinda. Everybody else gets like meat hooked. Like Ari and the Duke is clubbed. Or I think uh, Pat Oswalt said what's 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 so perfect about uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is uh, if a movie, if you could see the movie in your head when you just hear the title, like. You don't need to even see Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You hear the title and you're like, Jesus Christ, yeah. I know exactly what that yeah. is. Right. You know? And what you see in your head is worse. So what's than- your right. number one? Number one is going to be... Uh- a cemetery. Oh, my God, Colin, no. I don't know. <laughs> see, well, I said that The Thing was the greatest monster movie of all time, but maybe I'm going to take that back. I'm going to say what? that my favorite... You can't start switching around know, during your fucking list. You said it, you stick with it, goddammit. All right, so my favorite <laughs> horror movie, as of right now today, is Ridley Scott's Alien. It is the ultimate, like, uh, you know, fear of the dark, fear of the basement uh, you know the drippy you know, yeah. i mean like just the atmosphere of that ship is it's going in the basement and down there there is this insectoid thing that's as big as a man i mean it's just terrifying and again mm-hmm. this is also you know again all these movies i think aside from the witch i saw you know when i was younger this one i remember seeing it on tv remember hearing what sounded like my own heart was beating so loud i could hear it in my ears and then i became aware that like 
it's on the soundtrack to the movie. Yeah. It's the sound of like the yeah. There's a there's a heartbeat. Yeah, but yeah it's there's like a the heartbeat. It's like I want to say it's the fan, right? It's the yeah, cooling it's fans yeah. or something. It is genius. Well, because I constantly make fun of movies when they do the hello, hello. It's right. like that's when you know they're stretching a movie. But that whole movie is designed to be a hello, hello. But it's like it makes sense. You're on a spaceship. You're out in the middle of nowhere. You know. Like mm-hmm. it works. You don't need to go to a special area of the house, or yeah. you know, and no, you can't leave the spaceship. But it's you it's know also like the thing. The complaint I hear about it now is that it's very slow what? moving. Like nothing happens for forty minutes or whatever of the film. Suspense does not mean slow moving. <laughs> but are, are you yeah. in a lot of suspense at the beginning of the movie? I, I mean, it takes its time so. unfolding. But like to me, it's it's. Full immersion, right? It's the, yeah, exactly. You're dealing with the crew. The crew yeah. has a working relationship, and that they're feels like stressed 100% out at each other. Real, too. Mm-hmm. It feels ad libbed and real because they because mm-hmm. they feel like coworkers. Yeah. Nowadays, they try to make characters seem like everybody's so involved in each other's lives. That movie, they're coworkers. Right. They're just yeah. you know they'll yell at each other, they'll whatever. They're not like let's go off to the side and we're dating and like, Oh, you know, we need some character relations. Like but there's also enough there that you can understand like who's actually friends with who, mm-hmm. you know, within that yeah, group for dynamic. Sure. It's like who knew each other before if they did, or like who would, you know, lean on who would just crisis. like how in aliens, you know how that Mexican chick and that one dude are, are like this weird little solid group, right? Yeah. They just constantly have these things referring to each other, have little like high fives and shit they do. And you're yeah. like, oh, cool. Who knows? They went on missions together in the right. past. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Is that Drake? Drake? Whatever. I don't even know. Yeah. So that's uh, your that's horror my, list. That's my horror list. The horror list. The Could horror change. List. Could change. But as far as the freak show knows, that's as far as we go. Uh, next week. <coughs> oh. Next week, we may start a new promotional thing, but you'll have to stay tuned for that. And until then, we're going to say that it's going to be Travis's movie pick. New promotional thing. Yeah, we're going to do a thing where like people can write in and tell us what they'd like us to watch during the month of January. Oh, you might regret that. that. I know we <laughs> might. It just depends on how good they are. So you want to be get- good people? Well, we'll we'll vote. They can ride in as much as they want, but we'll vote on the uh, selected. Uh, You're going to get some trolls picking yeah. some awful stuff. I will Probably. watch Troll 1. <laughs> so if you have made it this far, listener, you get the jump on everybody else. You can go to our Facebook page and just somewhere on there, make a post and tell us what you want us to watch. We will not watch Troll We two. are going to do a uh, viewer's choice month. So, Travis, what are we watching next week? Uh, well, I mean, this episode is the Halloween episode for the audience, but next week is our actual Halloween episode, so there's no way I can go a Halloween without watching From Beyond the Grave, another great Amicus anthology movie. All right. So that's next week on the Saturday Night Freak Show, and until then, ladies and germs, the basement is going dark. <laughs>